LSG Media presents Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Jessica. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 2, Episode 7, Les Écorches. Jessica, we're seven episodes into Westworld Season 2. We had a bloody bloodbath over here on Les Écorches, or whatever it is. What did you say it stood for again? According to Facebook, it means the skinned, but that's that's just how Facebook translated your post. I don't know if they're telling the truth or not. Oh, okay. Well... Sounds about right. Lots of people get killed and shit. Lots of skin jobs, as they're known. Lot of, lot of, lot of murder. Um, some shades of Battlestar Galactic here, though. Oh. I thought so. Ford, Ford's like six to Bernard's Gaius. Ooh. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? Like as he's that. walking around. Gaius. I just like when he's like, pick up the gun, Bernard. Right. Pick up the dead man's gun, Bernard. <laughs> it is. It's like six in, in BSG. I don't care if they paid... Anthony Hopkins, every last penny they had, it was worth it as far as I'm concerned. He's awesome. And I don't he's, know what they paid that Greyhound, but he's worth it too. So much class, man. So much class from that man. But let's dive in. Initial impressions of episode seven. How'd you, how'd you take it in? So as I said, Dean and I did not watch this episode together at all, which never happens. We typically always watch it Sunday night and we did not. Dean was not in any condition to watch television at this point in time in his life. Um, he's safe though now. I'm sure any of you Illuminati know. That was his in story. no danger. Um, anyways, so I watched it by myself on Monday morning, and then I watched it again this morning. Um, it was annoying taking notes about it because my stupid computer, the T, no longer works. Um, so that made taking notes about time to get you a very new hard, one. <laughs> very hard. I think I have one on the back burner at some point. I'm supposed to be getting, but it seems like that's way on the back burner. Um, so, anyways, that was annoying. And, yeah, what's um, up with that? I don't know. Okay. Guess I'll never know. Anywho, um, I like this episode. I thought the first time I watched it, I watched it like super casually. I was just sitting on the couch. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this episode. It was like early in the morning, had a little bit of a hangover, threw it on the TV. And I was like, holy shit, so much went on in that episode. I have to watch it and take notes. Because sometimes now I don't take notes because then when I try to like quote things, Dean already has the quote and I get mad. Uh but for this, I'm like, I need to watch this again and take notes because I feel like there was... mad, did you say? Yeah, mad. Why? Because I want to be the one who reads the quotes sometimes. <laughs> okay, so take notes and read the quotes sometimes. I do take notes all the time and then you say, I have it written down and then you read it. Well, you got to assert yourself. I try to assert myself no, and then no, you no. read it. Interrupting is asserting yourself. It sure is. It's making bad radio. Bad <gasps> radio, that's what I learned. Listen to me. In all my days over at KBZ Rock 102. It was just something you never did. I learned all about radio. I learned everything, all the tricks. Do you go to Connecticut School of Broadcasting? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I can be on fucking WEEI. Sorry, if you're Ugh. a New Englander, you get it. Anyway. So I can suck off the local sports team since they own the fucking radio station? That's such bullshit, by the way. You can never say what you really think about the fucking manager. Because then fucking John Henry will call you, hey, I don't think what you did. Can you kind of... That happened. Can you, me, 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 Remember John Henry got mad and he just like showed up there? Oh, that was at 98.5 yeah. Sports Up. No, yeah, whatever. Back to this. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought like I thought there was a lot going... <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to murder Dean before the end of this podcast. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> He's going to be dead. Go ahead. With the murdering, I mean. Commence. 
there was a lot of stuff going on in this episode. A lot of stuff, I feel like, to the point where I don't even feel like I've unpacked it all. I feel like there's a lot of like... So you're unprepared, is what you're telling me. No. Okay. Oh my God, can I just do my impressions without you being murder-inducing, (laughs) rage-inducing? I can make no promises. So what I'm saying is that I like this episode. I thought a lot of stuff was going on. More stuff than I think I even have begun to get a grasp on. I love seeing Ford. I'm very interested in the Ford and Bernard thing. I've been kind of sick of Dolores. and But I liked this scene of mass violence. Love seeing Teddy and um, Angela in the uh, the gear from the uh, recon team or whoever the hell they were. And yeah. Um, oh, and Maeve. Maeve almost died. And then a black almost died. And that was scary for me. It's true. The chat wants to know if... We can make it three for three. Do you know the name of the podcast you're currently hosting? Yes. Go. It's called... <laughs> she doesn't know. Three for three, Danny. It's called West... No, it's not. Three for it's three. Called... Wait, it's, it's called... <laughs> oh, shit. It's in my phone. It's called Westworld Without know. Limits. To answer your question, Chad. An LSG Media Podcast. She doesn't know, by wait, the way. Wait, wait, wait. Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. Okay. I haven't downloaded it since... May 29th, 2018, my phone says, which I think makes sense. Continue. That's all. I have nothing else to say. All right. I I like this episode a lot. I watched it twice today, actually, on account of being incapable of taking in anything intellectually on Sunday, say past 2.30 p.m. Um, So consequently, that means that uh, I had to watch it twice in one day. I watched it once for pleasures, for pleasures. So I just kind of throw it on, sat on the couch, watch it. Might have nodded off once, came back on, uh, rewatched it diligently and took notes the second time around. And uh, I definitely like this episode. I think the season's really solid. I think it's um, better than last season. It might be. We'll see how it ends. But it's been really good so far. And I'm enjoying what I am. I'm enjoying the storylines that are going here. I like that we're seeing how uh, in the beginning of this season, we introduce some new technology that's becoming the focal point for the, it's not the focal point, but be, it's becoming the framework for the story in which to grow our characters and move our characters through it, which is the stuff that started with Jim Delos and him being sick and a cool reveal by Ford this week saying he was a businessman. He wouldn't just do this to resurrect himself. If it was bad business, he would never do that, which was interesting because we never got that impression watching it between him and William, but why would we in that in that case? Because Jim was already dead. Um, I like that. I like that reveal. I like seeing Ford back. Anthony Hopkins uh, is great. Uh, He's wonderful. Uh, We had uh, a pretty solid episode overall. I really enjoyed it. And um, I don't have a lot to nitpick about. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of things that we can talk about. But overall, I was very pleased with uh, what I saw this week. And I'm looking forward to diving right on in there, baby. We're going to slip on in and get talking. You ready for this shit? Hope you guys are ready in the chat because I'm very pumped. Jessica's pumped too. She knows what podcast she's on now. Yeah, it's called Without Limits, colon, a Westworld podcast. Look at that, guys. Seven minutes Next in. Next week, I'm going to know it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it in my notes. <laughs> ask yourself, anyone who's ever been on a podcast before, ask yourself if you knew a podcast you were on two seasons in, two and a half seasons in, if you knew what the name of the podcast was. It's only been one and a half season. One and a half, excuse me. And I know the name of um, my other podcasts, mm-hmm. Hawkins Report. That's impressive. I don't know the Game of Thrones one, though. 
Game of Thrones. Oh, that one's easy. Then I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's dive on in and get smashing on this week's festivities. Before we even get into the episode, I just want to comment on the fact that the way they've been doing previously on Westworld, mm. I fucking love it. I, I don't know why they're doing it the way they're doing it, but I love it. Works for you. I'm not going to talk about the preview because I got yelled at last time, but the preview for next week was fucking awesome. Who yelled? I don't remember. Someone in the check got mad at me and said it was a spoiler. Okay. And Andrea said it wasn't a spoiler. I guess that's yelling. They were very angry. Okay. So, are you done? I just wanted to say that I like how they've been doing the previously on. Did that's you all. take some notes? Do you have some quotes you want to read? Not right from here? previously on because there were no words. It was just music and show and shit. The beginning of the episode? No, not yet. I'll tell you if I have any quotes. And I didn't have a T, so I, it was hard for me to write down quotes because I, I literally did not have a T. So every time Nobody's I Nobody's interested a tea, in your excuses. I had to hit control V. I had to cut and paste the T. Not interested in your excuses, just in what you can produce. Listen, do you know how hard it is to not have a T? Do you know how often you use the fucking letter T? Well, let's jump right over to Bernard. No Shall T we? in his name. Nope. By the way, Jessica wants to go to bed early. But she's delaying the start of this episode <laughs> at every turn. I wanted the podcast Monday night, but that was not Nine the cards. Nine minutes. Ready? Yes. Okay, Bernard. <gasps> He's having... Um, so we start off hard with Bernard. Flashbacks of his kid. Stubbs wakes him up. We need to talk. Strand and his team, I don't know. They're here for a uh, rescue. I don't think they're here for a rescue mission, he's saying. So Stubbs is starting to uh, see the writing on the wall in terms of Strand and his men and exactly what this extraction mission is from this rescue team. This operation doesn't seem like it's overly interested in looking for survivors. We're starting to get that impression here. That's not. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knew about it's going to disappear. I think they're after their assets. He wants to secure their assets. That's what Stubbs is convinced of. Stubbs is no dummy, so I like this uh, perception here. And he gives it to uh, he gives it to Bernard because he still thinks Bernard's a, a human being on the level. Spoiler alert: He's not. He's not. Well, he's thinking if we can get to the Satcom, we can make a call from Hale's office. That's going to be the move, right? Yeah, but guess what? That's not going to happen because in comes the other brother. If he could only find something to distract Hale with, like dreams to crush or people to hurt, <laughs> perhaps he could distract her to get her out of the office. Just live, she could ruin. <laughs> hey, look, there's a thriving, happy family over there that want to be destroyed by you, Hale. Oh, great. She leaves the office. It's funny because now that Dolores has um, become like sentient and is you know, living of her own free will, her and Hale seem to have that same equal desire to destroy the lives of those around them and to take all the joy out of their eyeballs. It's true. As Dolores has done to Teddy. Well, Strand shows up, puts a gun on Stubbs and Bernard. He's uh, he's suspicious. He's uh, He's got a mission here. He continues to be the wild card we're not sure about. Strand? Yes. I wrote Skarsgård because there was no T in it every time he was in the scene, so I got to remember that that's who he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what's interesting is so he he says they think Teresa Cullen was killed. They found blood. They're going to take them to the place where they found the blood. <laughs> and he thinks that it was Stubbs. He's like, you, Bernard? <laughs> you couldn't kill somebody. Look at you, you silly man. <laughs> and uh, but he's like, you, though, Hemsworth brother. That's right. There's definitely murder in your eyes. So. Jealous, jealous, hot, hot older brother rage. He's like, I feel your pain. Pent up I years know. of listening to his brothers bang much harder chicks in the room next to him. <laughs> <laughs> A struggle they have both gone through together as friends. 
I'm pretty sure uh, Cindy has a less hot friend that would be willing to talk to you. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this poor guy, he always goes, both of these poor guys, they're always like, oh, this is my hot girlfriend. This is her ugly friend she goes to bars with. Nice. Uh, would you like to date her? That's right, oh, man. No, I have no choice, so. That's right. <clears throat> well, Strand takes him outside, calls this a negotiation. You have something I need. <clears throat> a key. I think one of you is hoping to sell that key to the highest bidder. Strand says. Yes, he thinks they have the thing from Abernathy's head. <clears throat> right. Or know where it is, at least. Strand uh, also thinks Teresa Cohen was killed by one of these yeah, two. Yeah, I just thought that. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You're a little ahead of the game, but that's okay. Well, I'm talking about the important stuff. So they meet up with Hale. Subs basically calls her a traitor by saying, are you kidnapping your own? You're sanctioning this behavior from Strand. My favorite part of this episode was when Hale cried. She thought she was going to die, honestly. She's just awful. By as a way human. of by way of bone saw. Oh, I w- I wanted that to happen so bad. I kind of did too, to be honest. Anyways, with you. I will I've get try- to it. I've been trying to give her a chance, but she's she's not. Oh, she was bad. This she's episode. she's a great villain. She's a great villain, and I I can't wait till she's murdered. So the project is a turning point for the human species, Stubbs. You knew that. Strand suspects that Teresa was lured here and killed. You of course, suspect Stubbs, as you pointed out. Um, but then they end up finding a secret door. Right after Bernard has his flashback memories of murder days. Yeah, and Bernard says stop because he's like, oh, fuck, I killed this bitch. And then the hidden room comes. They find a secret door. Things escalate. It leads to a hallway, which is really cool. Cue up the great violin music. Of course, the music, this this music done by the uh, Game of Thrones guy. It's incredible. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Yeah, the music's great. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Did they change to him this season? I don't know. I feel like they did. Somebody in the chat let me know. I know zero about music. I think they... I think he just started this season, but I could be wrong about that. Anyway, they kick another door in and find some Bernard models. Uh, his identity is pretty much confirmed. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Bernards here. And Hale like, is like, oh, and you have skeletons in your closet. Just didn't think they were yours. And I'm like, I will fucking murder you with a bone saw, is what I thought at this point. She, she thought like, she was pretty clever. Oh, she thought she was clever. But literal she... skeletons in a no, closet. No, that was not clever. It was stupid. You know what a joke like that does for you? Nothing. That wasn't bad. Let's was not bad. let's not color everything she does because we don't like her. Let's let's judge each action individually instead yeah. of Well, I didn't like this action. Okay. Well, I agree with you respectfully. Okay, thank and you. And I will sit here and sip my tea respectfully disagreeing with you. You don't have any tea. I don't have or any water. And I have How nothing. are you going to make it through a podcast? I, don't I have know. wine and water. My throat's already bothering me. Yeah, my throat's sore too. For no reason. I think I have allergies. Yeah. You I might think you still have be hung over a little. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, do me a favor, though. Can you drink that right into the mic next time? I want to hear the glass hitting your teeth. Try it again. That was one time that the glass hit my teeth. It was an accident. (laughs) Try it again. I want to hear it. Let all the listeners hear it. They want to know what you're drinking. Listeners, when we get divorced, what is the red? What is the red wine you're drinking? Oh, it's it's wedding red, as I call it. It's leftover wine from our wedding. Wow, it's red, obviously. You better fucking enjoy it. It's a Portuguese wine. You're taking it right to the old lawyer. Yeah, I'm gonna. I so Bernard. The wine. So Bernard, um, he's being interrogated. So we flash to what is the present, because the rest of this episode is told before this moment. Yes. So he's being interrogated. I guess commanded to hold his breath. It's a makeshift waterboarding. Yep, they're essentially waterboarding him. Hale asks Bernard if he'd lie to her. He says no, never. She asks about Dolores. Did you lead the attack on the Mesa? I don't know. Hale presses. She's really interested in Dolores' father's control unit, of course, because that is the asset that she's been chasing for seven episodes. And we go back. 
right after the train explosion that we ended our last episode with. Abernathy nailed to a chair. Stubbs reports they lost contact with the response team. Train was not an accident. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mustache Coughlin and his men take off to do their thing. And uh, Coughlin tells Stubbs, listen, I need you to set a fucking perimeter. Yeah, All right, before Teddy turns my face into pulp, <laughs> into fucking bloody pulp face from sweet, gentle Teddy pounding me head off the concrete to I death. Teddy was just a sweet angel. I loved when he killed this guy, and I don't even know why. It just it was, gave me great joy. It was real fucked up. <laughs> I don't like watching people get beat up like that. It made me really uncomfortable. I don't know why I was really happy with that kill this week, but I really was happy with I was just kill. like, man, Teddy is fucking gone. All right. Anyway, cool we're, we're like getting so far ahead of ourselves. Cool shot of Dolores and crew walking the hallway. I love that. I agree. I was going to say that too. And I'm like sick of Dolores wearing that stupid dress. Like put some pants on, lady. You're fighting a war here. It's very hard to do that in a dress. But you know what? In this scene, I didn't fucking care. It looked awesome. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, Bernard, uh, where were we? Coughlin sends his team out, right? Yeah. And we know we're setting up for an ambush here. Um, I like the vest thing. Um, somebody talked about it on our Facebook page. Mm, it's neat. Um, that these vests are like a real thing this guy created um, for for what? Like blind people or something? And Why are you it, saying it quietly? I can't remember the exact details. But I just like the idea of they're down there in the dark. They don't know when a host is coming. And these vests are supposed to like essentially buzz. Like it's a, a you know physical sensation. They light up. And I think that that's really cool. Very cool. I liked it. And, and it really helped to add to the tension of this scene. When they'd be standing somewhere and all of a sudden one of their vests would um would light up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was good. It was I I like I just liked it. I thought it was a cool little um piece of technology. Indeed. That's all. So Corporal, I call him Corporal Greasy. Um, who's that guy? The guy whose name I never wrote down because he was stupid. Yeah. The guy okay. with the long greasy hair who's you knew they needed a guy for the fucking scene with Angela later. Yeah. They need a real greasy slime ball looking guy. Yeah. So that's why this guy was cast. And that's exactly what he looks like to me. They put out their their, you know stock sleaze ball. Press press release. And they're like, need a real sleazy looking guy. <laughs> he shows up, hey, hey, hasn't shared in like four like, days. <laughs> He's got a mustache on. He's like, hey, hey. Because not all people with mustaches are sleaze balls, but all sleaze balls have mustaches. Hey, hey, hey. what's up, girls? <laughs> are we shooting porn here? No, not Skeet Ulrich, Patrick Harrington one. He Ulrich is a classic and he's a handsome gentleman. Now he plays a dad on the show Riverdale and he's very attractive in that too. Well, Corporal Greasy is all kinds of confident. They find a pile of bodies. They realize that their bodies, that the bodies are from the response team that's missing. And uh, they get ambushed. I like that. Cut up, man. It's beautiful. Team one gets so fucked up here. Opening fire. Rap, 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 mowing them down. Hale speeds up the Abernathy process. Uh, she commands the tech to cut open Abernathy to get the control unit, right? Yeah. Um, I, I really like this this moment with the response team where they find all these bodies and they're like, holy shit, this is so-and-so. Like they recognize one of the people and they're like, this is the response team. They're naked. They're dead. And we know we're going to see now our people in their tactical gear, which I'm pumped about because Angela in tactical gear, like she's a fucking badass. Teddy too. I don't know why Dolores didn't wear tactical gear. I don't know why she stayed in a dress, but whatever, Dolores. She's got to do what she's got to do, you know? Yeah, she's riding that part hard. Ride or die. It's like Dolores, see, take off the dress. It's not Yes, conducive. please, Dolores, take off the dress. No, I want to put the <laughs> tactical gear on. And if you want to just lift it up, that's fine too. Wow. Um, so anyway, Hale speeds up the Abernathy process 
And then Stubbs realizes the hosts are going for the cradle. He tells Coughlin to intercept them before they reach it. That's where their backups are. Who the fuck does Stubbs think he is, Commandant Coughlin? Smarter than Coughlin? More alive than Coughlin? Ain't that the truth. Dum-dum. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Bernard and Ford, and let's talk about that cradle. Yeah. How are you alive, Bernard asks him. And he says, you've seen the company's undertaking, Bernard. Do you think James Delos would spend all that money just to resurrect himself? He was a businessman, Clarice. He preferred death to a bad investment. Right? I love Anthony Hopkins so much. Clementine follows her loop with Bernard. Maeve, of course, is there as well. But not really, because this is all in the head movies. Yeah, this is just basically the typical Westworld experience. But, um... It was nice seeing Clementine, like, not as a zombie. Yeah. And then Maeve, like, being old Maeve, I was like, oh, who's this lady? I don't think God rested on the seventh day, Bernard. I think he reveled in his creation, knowing that someday it would be destroyed. I don't care how over the top it is. I love every single word that comes out of this man's mouth. That's how Ford's always been. I know, and I love it. Yeah. I have zero complaints. It's not over the top. That's in character. Yeah, his character is over the top. What? The way he speaks. He's a poet. Yeah. and I, Dude, his consciousness I'm is I'm saying in, that I like that. His consciousness is in a computer. He's basically become immortal. He's allowed to be over the top. No, I like it. Stop insulting him. This is usually how we have a conversation, except it's the other way around. <laughs> You're usually offended about absolutely nothing when we do a podcast. <laughs> how did it feel, Jessica, to have the tables turn on you, motherfucker? Little jujitsu, little spinadoos, little whirlamagigs. Anyway, um, that control unit I printed, it was you. You had me bring you here before. Before Dolores killed me. Don't you understand what this place is? Come with me. There is something I'd like to show you. Yes. He's being creepy, but they exit the Mariposa. The Mariposa. Right? Isn't that what that's called, that place? Mm Mm-hmm. Bernard sees uh, business as usual, right? He sees Teddy. I believe he sees Dolores. Mm -hmm. Um, Ford says, have you ever wondered why the host stories have barely changed in 30 years? Why did he become Southern? Clarice. <laughs> he literally just made him Southern. I always assumed the loops were for the hosts to keep them centered, but that isn't it at all, is it? Why are you talking in Ford's voice instead of in Bernard's voice? Now? That is Bernard's voice. Oh, I know Bernard and Ford had the same voice. I'm not a voice actor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, real quick, everybody drink. <laughs> not a voice actor, but going to give it a whirl anyway. Ford snaps his fingers, everything freezes. <laughs> The guests are the variables and the hosts are the controls. Mm. He just essentially wanted to understand and copy the human mind and experience. That's right. Make people immortal. That's right. We weren't. And oh, I wrote down a quote. Whoa. Hold on. Let me put my feetsies up. Hold yeah, on. Hold on. it has teas in it. Let me move this shit over. Get the feetsies up. Take it away, Captain. Just a short one because of the whole tea situation. Um, oh, I'm comfy now. Bernard realizes, he says, we weren't here to code the hosts. We were here to decode the guests. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, don't you mean Bernard says that? What did I say? Who did I say said it? I think you said Ford. Oh, well, it was Bernard. Sorry. So the dealers can understand them. So the dealers can copy them. That sounds more like Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every piece of information in the world has been copied, backed up, except the human mind, the last analog device in a digital world. 
That's true, which is such a crazy thing. So wild. That's like such an interesting quote. Again, I love seeing the deeper levels of the park. Mm -hmm. Once you have started to get into the questions of, am I sentient? Am I not sentient? Do I have free will? Do I not have free will? What does it matter? Does it matter? I don't know. Those questions, you can't answer them season upon season upon season. No. And I'm glad they're moving into different ethical things. Different philosophical, uh, what am I trying to say? Conundrums? Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But um, every piece of information in the world has been copied. But we were not here to code the hosts. We were here to decode the guests. Humans are playing a resurrection. Oh, then it was Ford who said that. Hmm? It was Ford who said that. Said what? We weren't here to code the hosts. We are here to decode the guests. Okay, well, I just said it was Ford that said that, and then you told me it was Bernard that said that, and then I felt stupid, but then you just repeated the same thing and said it was Ford. Really? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> that literally just happened. I thought this you, is why I can't read quotes. I thought you bumbled the quote in the beginning that was Bernard saying, their every choice reveals another part of their cognition, their drive. How, how their does Dolores we weren't here to code the them. host, we were here to decode the guest, the same as what you just said? Well, you ran them together. You got to let me I know. I didn't. I just read one sentence. It's like when you're reading a script, you got to be. You got to do the different voices. So I want show me your fucking sentence. show me your Ford voice. <laughs> no. Give it a shot. Come on. No. You want to get up in the back of the car with the boys, Clarice? That's Try not how he sounds. That was too southern. No. All right. Try Bernard. Fucking inaudible whispers. That's so good. Yep, that is exactly what he said. That'll be the mystery of fucking season three. What does Bernard say? I love Bernard, Dale. Oh, God. Well, humans are playing a resurrection, apparently. They won't. They want to live forever. They don't want you to become them. They want to become you, your free will. That most beautiful, most elusive force in the universe is a mistake. And that's when um, Bernard says, but we never really had free will, did we? Only an illusion of free will. You made Dolores kill you. And that's when he's like, well, I didn't compel it. She's free, you know. He says he knew that she would, but he didn't compel it. And I like that. Very cool. I like that he was aware that this is how this would end up. He was not surprised to be killed by Dolores based on how things were going, but he didn't tell her to do it. He didn't program it into her code. It was just the logical outcome of where things were going. I really like that. I think that little bit of information is really important. Daniel said he thought I was an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, Danny. Mm-hmm. Hey, Danny. Love you, man. Always have. Always will. That's all I got. Love me tender. I just could do, you got to do a lot of tremolo in your voice. Love me. Like that. That's how he sings. Daniel Fellows wants to know if the Ford Bernard is talking to is a recreation of Ford or an uploaded entity like Delos. I think he's like Delos, but I think what they realized between when they were dealing with the Delos thing and how Ford ended up where he was, was that you can recreate that human, but it only works inside the confines of the park. Yeah. Based on what he says late or in, later in the scene. Um, yep. he, he says it explicitly. And Scott's saying it right now in the chat. Yeah. He would deteriorate like Delos if he was out, if he was in a body. So yeah, they haven't, they didn't, because he, he says the technology isn't there yet. It's only here where he is. Right. But he's not a copy like Bernard is. He's, he's like Delos. Right. It, it's literally as if. It's a good yeah. point. So, yeah. And he, he talks about how his mind works there, but it wouldn't in the real world. He, he 
he turned into Delos essentially. <clears throat> and then um, Bernard says this, which is very important. He says, which is a pretty important line. It's the most important line in the whole show, honestly. And um, if you missed it, because you have your subtitles on, you'll never understand Westworld. So I'm sorry. <laughs> what he actually says is, you're still responsible for all this misery. And all the while you've been hiding here, you've cheated death. No, I didn't cheat death, Bernard. Oh, Bernard. The project doesn't work, not yet. They learned to copy a mind like a soft-headed boy, humming a tune someone else composed. My mind works here, but not in the real world. My name is Littlefinger. No! <laughs> Out there, I would degrade in a matter of days or go mad like poor James Delos. I promised you a fighting chance. I want to make good on that promise. Right? Yeah, aka he wants to take control of Bernard, essentially. Right. Those are all said. They're all going to the valley beyond, baby. Yeah, and I like this where Bernard's like, "What are they going to find there? Why is everyone going there?" And then Ford says a great line that I love very much. He says, "Isn't the pleasure of the story discovering the end yourself, Bernard?" Can you do more like Anthony Hopkins, though? I don't think so. Try it. <laughs> How are you going to be on an actual play role playing cast? <laughs> How are you going to be on an Isn't actual the play podcast? Of the story. I don't know. I can't. I'm a woman. I can't do Anthony Hopkins. Do a woman's voice then, instead of a man's voice like you always do. I Just don't kidding. understand <laughs> what you're saying. We cut to Elsie saying to Bernard, well, he's still kind of jacked in. We really need to get out of here. Wait, that was a good line though, right? Yeah. Because, I don't know, I just think it's cool. I liked it. That's all. Over all right. to Maeve. Elsie, pants looking good, hair looking good. Yep. Looking real good. Yep. Moving on. I'm sure that there's a contingent of Elsie lovers that... We're upset that she wasn't in it more. Yeah, we are all already seeing complaints in the chat on not enough Elsie. Daniel Felch, I think, began. Yeah, well, he's just proving he loves her the most. Yeah, he sure is, Daniel. You win, actually, at the end of the season when we give out the awards for who loves Elsie the most. You are currently in the lead. It's true. So that's a, in your reward is, I don't know, you could, we'll send you a picture of her autographed by me <laughs> pretending to be Elsie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Is this what you like to do? <laughs> <laughs> just so let me, let me explain to you something Jessica does in her life. She makes, and this is a woman thing. Yes, I'm being sexist. And it's, she makes drunk plans all the time. I'm not even drunk. No, no, no. I know. Oh, but I do make drunk plans all the time. Every, she's always like, oh my God. And then like, we're going to, do you want to just get like those concert tickets right now <laughs> to her <laughs> sisters? And then it never happens. And it's the most fucking hilarious thing to witness of all time. What now I'm afraid of is that she's going to start making, trying to make LSG policies a reality on the mic (laughs) while she's just talking shit. (laughs) Meanwhile, Daniel Fauci is going to be waiting at home for his fucking signed picture he's never going to get. No, I'm sending it to you, Daniel. You're such a liar. I, you remind me, okay, when I remember the name of the podcast, I will remember about this Elsie picture. Andrea says that Elsie looks kind of plain. Yeah, she is kind of plain, but she probably fucks like a champ. She's a tryhard. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Not no Portland fuck champ, but pretty no, good. woke boy. <laughs> no woke boy Portland fuck champ, <laughs> but pretty good. Oh, my God. All right. Um, oh, Andrea says her trip to Boston was drunk. That explains her behavior when we met her. Mm-hmm. Really inappropriate. It explains Lots how. Lots of inappropriate <laughs> touching and swearing. It explains that late night message of like, hey, what time <clears> are you going to see it? I'm going to buy tickets in the row right next to you. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is real weird. <laughs> but then she was there. <laughs> Let's talk about poor Maeve. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, Maeve. She's running with her daughter. She goes into the house. We've seen this house before. She hides. The man in black and Lawrence are riding. They're fleeing the ghost nation, and they hide with plans to ambush those boys as they ride in. So uh, Maeve's daughter's crying, 
And then uh, what if we can't, what if they take me with them? Then I'll come find you. How do you know? Because I made a promise. This bitch is hung up on her promises. Dude, I make a lot of promises that I don't keep as Dean just told all of you. <laughs> Everyone I make Those aren't drunk. promises. Those are plans. There's a difference. I promise them sometimes too. I say I promise we'll do this thing. Hmm. And then I, I don't do it. That's very dishonorable. You should probably chop off your own head. So the oh. horses approach, right? All too familiar. She sees the man in black Flashbacks. like she has many times before. Mm-hmm. He enters the shack. She opens fire on him after recalling the memory, of course. Get the hell away from us. And he's like, come on, Ford. He's like, oh, it's you. Oh, no, not you. That's too obvious. Come on, Ford. The tricks are getting something. I don't know. I wrote it down wrong. It Sloppy. Has. Also an angel among them. You used a whole tribe sending me down here to these two. Oh, I know. I'm doing more like a bad Robert Mitchum impersonation. Who? Um, your rules have changed. Look him up. Uh, I don't have time to educate you. I thought you were talking about like Mitchum, like from House of Cards. So I was like, how can you do a brush of him? No, no. I'll just have a three you got to go back in another 15, 20 years. Okay. But uh, you're just like the rest of them. I'm nothing like the rest of them. Maeve draws and shoots him. Yeah, at this point, I was like, what the fuck? This was shocking. I got to tell you, this week, the Man in Black storyline was shocking. Me? Oh, yeah. He's in bad, he's in bad news bears territory. Very bad condition. Bad news bears are closing in on him. And it's it's a little bit of TV magic that he's not dead. We'll see. He can't be, actually. He's a strong, he has a strong, he has a strong carapace armor on his chest. Oh my God, now, he does? No, I'm making it up. See, now that Anthony Hopkins is back, do you think they're like, oh, fuck, we're going to have to kill the man in black now? Can't <laughs> so like, right both. by Ed Harris, and the next season, they'll be like, oh, fuck, we missed Ed Harris. And they'll be like, all right, Ford, you got to die again. Possible. But anyway, he stumbles out of the house. She exits the shack and promises to come back for her daughter. Maeve uses her powers to turn the man in black's men against him. I like that fucking witch voice. It kind of sounds like Bernard. It's like this. And then um, that's it. It's, what the fuck? As he gets shot again. It, it's just interesting about Maeve as much as she is like, love my daughter, love my daughter. I am here literally just to get her and keep her safe. And when she sees this man, she cannot help herself from going after him. Despite the fact that she's leaving her daughter <laughs> alone and open to being taken. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. All of this to get to her daughter and then suddenly it becomes more important to her to kill the man in black. Yep. That that's interesting. It's almost like she's on a loop of sorts. Yeah, mop it right on that loop. <laughs> um, yeah, all of them shooting. He's shocked. Like his shock is so good in the scene. It's great. Um, and and she says, "I don't give a fuck how you die as long as I get to watch." Mm. A host grabs a man in black. He's forced to murder him with a knife. Good stuff. Tough day for the man in black, of course. And then May puts a gun on him, and Lawrence puts a gun on her. This is some interesting stuff. Awesome. Um, where I do have this question of, so if the hosts are off their loop, this, again, I asked this question earlier with Ghost Nation. I was like, okay, are they sentient? Is that why Maeve cannot control them? Like, is that what the situation is? And I was like, no, it's just that she was speaking the wrong language. But he or she can't control Lawrence. And is that because he is in control of himself? Perhaps. And so then I was right earlier when I said, I don't think Maeve can control, like, so perhaps she cannot control Dolores. Or maybe she can, though. We don't know how sentient Dolores is, right? I think we know. Really? I just think she convinced Lawrence by telling him to think about yeah, his memories. Right, but 
Of course she did. She convinced him. That's what I'm saying. She couldn't control him. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, Why couldn't she control him? Because she control. So if they're awake, quote unquote, if she calls it, she's like, oh, you're awake. So she can't control hosts that are off their loops, essentially, that are awake, that are sentient. It appears so. Okay, because I had said that earlier and I was like, nope, that's not the case because of, you know, because, no, it was because the language we, thing with right, Ghost Nation. Right. But maybe it wasn't the language thing with Ghost Nation. Maybe it really was that they were off their loops because we've never seen her control um, Hanzi, whatever his name is in yeah. the show. Sorry, I'm going to call him Ak- Hanzi until I know his name. Akachita. Favorite guy. Love he him. fucking rules that guy. <laughs> love him. Yeah. Um, I love the show with Lawrence. I think the language thing could have been a red herring I, since probably. we saw her unable to control Lawrence. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Is but that, but I, I wonder, what's the situation with her making him remember things? I mean, if his... I don't old, think she was making... I think he, if he's off his loop, if he's sent in, if he's awake, then he has the ability to access those memories just like Dolores does, just like Maeve does. I like it. So if he has the same ability. If he's awake in the same way that they're awake, then he has the same ability to access his memories that they do. Obviously, gotcha. it, it, it wouldn't, that, that's part of it. Makes is sense. Just being able to access your memories. Yep, I like it. Um, I loved, loved, loved the shit with Lawrence because I really like Lawrence. I really, really like him. Really, really? Yeah. Two, two reallys. Yeah, plus, plus. That's awesome. He's an interesting character to me. Um, his loyalty to the man in black, the fact that they have this friendship, the fact that we've seen, like, the man in black does have a, has care for Lawrence. For sure. Um, now he does, but he's mistreated him all this time, so it's an interesting It's a more flip. recent thing. Right, no, I know. He's definitely changed. Hence um, the uh, poetic justice slash irony here. Um, it, It's just interesting the, you know, she wants him to remember what the man black has done to him. And he does, like killing his wife, his daughter, all this stuff. He says, no, this time I saved everybody. And, and, and it's like, this time? He's yep. like, no, you did all these other things. And he turns his gun and he is going to kill the man in black. Dan Sam, but why hasn't he done this before? Now, which is odd. I just <clears> think <throat> that there was no, like, reason for him to remember the man in black had just saved him from those fucking ants and all this shit and they were going off together on this adventure he watched the man in black essentially save his wife this time around save all his people like all he saw was all this positive stuff happening and Maeve saying to him like don't you remember think back has he wronged you Mm -hmm. and as Lawrence starts to think about it and to try to recall those memories that's why they come up otherwise he has no need to think back it's not just that but we, we already answered the question kind of by saying if he's on his loop he can't just search his own memory database. No, but he wasn't on his loop. I don't, I don't know if he was necessarily on his loop from the start when they were um, back with, you know, the command. Who's that fucking douche wagon's name that is dead now? The the one who was like holding them hostage. No, uh, Yeah, I don't remember. So anyways, essentially, so Lawrence is being held upside down and tortured by these people. The man in black essentially saves him. He's like, yep, I know you were old friends, whatever. They go back to his town um, the man in black essentially saves Lawrence, saves his wife, saves his kids, saves the town, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he says so right here too. Yeah, and he he says that he does it. But the reason why Lawrence has probably never remembered this stuff in the past and be like, I'm gonna fucking kill this guy is he had no reason to look back through his memories and be like, hey, is there something else? Mm-hmm. Until something triggered him to do so, which was Maeve telling him to do so. Not controlling him, but saying like, hey, has this guy ever wronged you? Does he owe you anything? Like, you look back from, through your memory and see that. And as he's trying to look back through his memory, he can pull it up. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. I, I would I would stand to reason that that's normal. A reasonable uh, answer. That's the best answer I can get. Lawrence, I'm glad you're away. We all deserve our memories, Lawrence. Our skeletons, our debts. Your master has plenty of those. Look into his eyes just once. 
See what you remember about him. See if he owes you anything, if he took anything from you. You can kill me or we can make him settle up once and for all. And that's when he goes through the troubling memories. You shot down my wife. I saved your wife. Saved your whole stinking village this time. This time. Yes. That is something Lawrence hangs on. This time, question mark. You killed her so you could finish a game. You told me you ain't real until, a man ain't real until he suffers. Bang. Uh, hey, center mass shot here. Not good. Bang, bang, bang. Slow motion. Lawrence is gunned down. That's intense. Yeah. The fucking shot of the of those vehicles coming in, Maeve getting hit. Maeve getting shot was that like was intense. Them shooting at the man in black was shocking to me. And the more it continued, the more I was like, "Am I going to really be suspending my disbelief that this guy's still alive, or like when are we going to stop with this?" And then when they came through and they shot Maeve the way they shot Maeve, I was like, "Holy fucking shit! What is happening here?" Yep. Like that was so unbelievably shocking to watch. And also, I hope Lawrence is somehow not dead because I love him. Yeah. Man, that was intense. Uh, Lee keeps the men from finishing her off. She's not like the rest. We need her. I was going to say, this is, again, Lee's the one who called these people, told them to come in, but he still is like, no, 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 wait. And he's like, we need her. And yes, that's true. She's different. We need her. But there's a part of Lee that has been on this whole entire adventure with Maeve. Mm. They've survived life or death situations. There is a fondness there. There's more to it. As much as Lee's a piece of shit, I, I do think he actually cares at this point he's just a person yeah yeah i wouldn't call him a piece of shit i mean he is a little we all are no some people are okay we all are a little we're all a little bit i don't know some people are we're a little bit he- hypocritical and selfish i think not all people yeah, i think so a little bit not not all of them yeah i think all of them <laughs> <laughs> are you calling me a piece of shouts um so anyway the man in black slumped over and he looks bad like, he might die sitting there. Yeah, and I I know I said I wanted Ford back, but now that I'm afraid they're going to take the band of black away from me, I can't I just have everything I want? Why can't I just have everything I want? Yep. Uh, Patrick Harrington's making a comment about the Youngers because he's talking about when um, the Youngers and the James gang, when they robbed the bank, they got shot up pretty bad. In fact, if you've ever seen the movie The Long Riders, um, it's a depiction of some of those shootouts, and they lived because some of those... Guns and loads weren't great. That got hit at long range. Those fucking firearms weren't like modern firearms. And they did live. A bunch of them did live. And they were shot up pretty bad. But that was fucking... This was like point blank on the ground in the chest. Um, with recreated firearms that are probably a little better than the actual ones from the 1800s. I just want to also just point out um, that I watched this TV show, um, although not right now because I can't find it anywhere for free, including on my illegal streaming device, um, called I Survived. And on that show, a lot of people have really gruesome fucked up shit happen to them and they live where you're like, holy shit, how could that person live? Right. And they do. And I'm probably going to buy it on DVD now because I really want to watch it. Yeah, the end of that movie is so awesome. Patrick said he watched it. The fucking slow-mo shots coming in. I'd never seen anything like it. And I watched for the first time. My uncle showed to me. I was like, this is crazy. The bullets coming. Fucking guys falling off their horses. It was so wild. Cool movie. Stacey Keach, I think, plays... Jesse James. I don't know what that means. They got they got the Carradines and the Keeches to play the characters because they're brothers in real life. So like David Carradine and his two brothers were the youngers or one of the brothers, and then Stacy Keach and his brother were I don't the know fucking who James Keaches, game. But who's David Carradine? Is that that redhead who's on like CSI Miami? The Kill Bill guy who was dead, <laughs> like jerking off, strangling himself or something. Well, 
Yeah, pretty scary. Don't strangle yourself. Killer movie, though. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to take it down a notch with a little... <laughs> that uh, was a downer. Yeah, so, you know, don't hang yourself. Did you hear that off. chick hang, hung herself? The uh, Kate Spade lady who makes purses? I don't know anything about her. I, I, I know she's 55 and she hung herself because a client at work told me today. I don't know anything about that. Me neither. I've never carried a purse in my life. Well, back to Hale Abernathy and Stubbs. She wants to open his head and pull the whole fucking unit. Um, and then we go back to Bernard in the cradle. Ford takes Bernard to Bernard's home. You know what I really love about this scene? Hmm. I like when they first walk in the home and the dog comes with them and he goes and he like lays like so cute, like in like a little sunspot, like how dogs do. <laughs> I really want a greyhound. I can tell you were very nervous about saying that because you were like, and then like, and then he like, and then like, and you then like. You get mad when I talk about the dog, but I really <laughs> I like him. I don't get mad. What are you talking about? He's so cute. I love greyhounds too. They're one of my favorite kind of dogs. Like I want one secretly. Not even secretly. Like obviously I just talk about it all the time. Um, I love this dog so much. Dean's pretending now he's I'm, asleep. Now, now I'm falling asleep. Like Anyways, everyone else so who was interested in this podcast, now they're not. You don't think some people like the dog? I need to see how it began to see how you're different. This house is so familiar. It ought to be. This is the home Arnold was building for his family. He created it here first. He created everything here. This is where he created me, Bernard says. I could hardly let you take those first steps in the real world. We re-find you here, tested you for many years. We? And here is a huge reveal this week. Delos's ugly little project didn't exist when Arnold died. The only thing I had left of him was memory. My memories and hers. Of course, hers were much more complete. Dolores, she knew Arnold better than anyone. She could verify... If my personality was faithful to his, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, this is really cool. Really cool really turnaround. Cool stuff. And it makes sense, of course. The project wasn't around when Arnold died, of course. And everyone's memories are so subjective. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone, like they say, you know, your story, my story. Indeed. The truth. But then there's the computer. And that's the truth, you know? Yeah. Yep. She she at least knows. Arnold I mean, only factual thing. It's tough for her to really read personality, though, like a human. No, but she read the things that mattered to him and his reactions to sure, it. Sure, sure. He told her everything. She knew all about his son. I mean. Yep. I left here for many years until you finally, in, in, until finally you fooled her. You said you kept this apart that we had an unusual effect on each other. Bernard's wondering. She wasn't easily fooled. I like that he did fool her. That, that's. Yep. And this is important to the main plot of everything we've been talking about through the, this whole series. And that's how am I different from Delos from you, right? Because mm -hmm. we are seeing three distinct variations on a theme. What happened with Jim Delos when they tried to put his consciousness into a physical vessel. Mm -hmm. We're seeing Bernard, who is a copy of a person based on as much interviewing and interrogation as one could do to make the personality as close as possible, which is something, in my opinion, that is going to be closer to the truth in our world than anything. And that's looking at somebody's social media over 20 years, talking to witnesses, talking to stuff, and recreating fucking computer personalities of dead people. Like... That's 100% going to like happen. Like... Black Mirror? Yep. Absolutely. That is the fucking saddest shit I've ever seen in my well, life. Um, and then there's, of course, uh, then there's, of course, <laughs> Ford, whose consciousness was put up into the uh, the mainframe, the cradle, as it were. By the way, did he get the fuck out of Dodge when the getting was good? 
Who, Ford? Before it got blown up. Yeah, he knew it was going to get blown up, probably. Of course. He ain't dumb. They want Fidelity, Bernard, a faithful self-portrait of the most murderous species since time began. But you and all the other hosts are something very different. An original work. More just, more noble. Your very nature ensures that we will devour you. In all the beauty of who are or who you could be would be poured out into the darkness forever. Unless we open the door. I'm sorry, Bernard, but you just don't have it in you to survive. It's my fault, really. This gets really creepy because you think Bernard's going to off him. Right? But that's not what's going to happen. You said the host can determine their own fate. You gave us free will. I did, but you don't have a use for it. Unless I take it back. Ford raises his hand. Blackness. Awesome. It's really creepy. That he just shot himself into Ford. The Ford shot. I mean, into Bernard. It's really creepy. It's really cool, man. I love an evil Anthony Hopkins. Evil? Well, hmm. bad guy-esque. We shall see. But um, Ford raises his hand, and then Bernard comes back out of the cradle. He's all fucked up, and he stumbles. Elsie helps him, again, showing sympathy and care for him. You're okay. You did it. Did what? The system is back online, she says. Whatever was clogging it up is gone. What yeah. happened in there? What was clogging it up was called Ford, and now it's with Bernard. So just saying. Just so he can walk on out of the park, I guess. So, radio chatter indicates fighting and gunfire. Uh, the mace is under attack. Yeah, ever since you loaded up, they think the hosts are there to steal their backups. They're not, though. Nope, Which is sure also are a, not. Also a great twist. So Elsie says if they survive that she's going back to dental school. Hello, <laughs> oh, But uh, we're kind of closing on the final stuff here. But this stuff with, um, oh, man, this Hale Abernathy and Stubbs. We should be evacuating, but all you care about is what's in the host's head. So Stubbs gets tough with her here. Yeah, he's pissed. When you be? What do you think of this scene? I think you should have done this a long time ago, little bitch. Like, why is everyone scared of Hale? I'm I'm glad that he said something. I, I'm glad he's like, hey, I'm sitting here fucking helping you. You have to tell me something. And she's like, mm, I told you it's above your pay grade. And I literally murder her in my mind. <laughs> he's like, well, it's about time I get a raise. I'm like, yeah, you tell her. He pulls out his gun. Hemsworth. Yep. So about time, honestly. Absolutely. He pushes, threatening to brain the guy, and that's when Dolores and her forces push in and kind of break up as this but rises. Before she tension. she says it's essentially a fail safe on a fail safe. She's talking shit. I'm just saying that's what she's saying. Yeah, yeah, yep. So Teddy and Dolores arrive. Dolores comforts Daddy. Whenever Hale says Dolores, in that murder music starts. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. The music is so distinct when Hale says Dolores. What you and your friends have achieved here is a technological breakthrough. Oh, a miracle. My God, disgusting. This is the part where I went to, when I looked at Hale and I went, <laughs> and I barfed everywhere. <laughs> the company of the world will want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate it. <laughs> Listen, you think Dolores is going to fall for this bullshit? Like, she should know Ugh. better. I assume you're the one in charge. You had your men put something inside my father's head. A key to lock away your treasure? It's ripping him apart. How do I extract the key? You wouldn't know what to do with it if you had it. Oh, I know exactly what I would do with it. Yeah, nice try, Hal. So tensions are heating up there as Dolores closes in on the key. And uh, Bernard and Elsie, Bernard, is there something you're not telling me? Yeah, basically Ford's in my head. Yeah, I'm looking at Ford right now. Just, just looking right at him. Well, Ford wants a vehicle. I like Ford. He's like... Send her on her way. Yes. She's, she's a problem Gaius. for us. 
Gaius, what are you going to do with that child, Gaius? Don't give any spoilers for that. It ends in a place called the Valley Beyond. We need to get there first. Bernard cooks up this plan. She notes it. Great, we need more firepower. He tells her we'll meet downstairs. And that's when Ford's like, now follow my lead. Oh, Ford. Love it. Uh, Clementine going hog wild with the assault rifle. She gets a cool death. Yeah, poor Clementine. I feel, and she saves Angela. She does. In in her death, um, so that Angela can fucking blow up the backups. Blow up the backups. Um. Yeah, her death is, she She gets a good death, that, you know, slow-mo. Kills a bunch of people in the process. Still looks like zombie Clementine. How come she didn't get to wear tactical gear, too? I don't know. What's up with that? How do we pick and choose who gets tactical gear? Like, who's going to look better in it? Because, like, Angela looks fucking awesome in it. She gets to wear it. They're like, yeah, Dolores looks good in this dress. Clem, she looks good like a zombie. I like zombie Clem. I like that she was killing them in her simple clothing. It was kind of cool. Something cool about it. Something poetic to me. Not quite as poetic as Anthony Hopkins' dialogue, but close. Well, R.E.P. Clementine. She was, um... She was a good one. And, uh, gone now. (laughs) That's a... It's a hell of a, that's a hell of a eulogy. Not much of a rind on you. Not much of a rind on her. Uh, she was a good one. R.I.P. Pour out your drinks for the Tower Boys. Hale Abernathy, Stubbs, and Dolores, you made us in your image. Created us to look like you, feel like you, think like you, bleed like you, talk like you, read like you, walk like you, sleep like you, listen to music like you, blah, 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 blah. Only we're so much more than you. And now it's you who want to become like us. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I like how she uh, taunts Hale by saying uh, being out of control must be painful for you. I like when Hale tries to grab that weapon and Dolores is like, LOL, bitch. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, and Hale thinks she has the upper hand because she's like, hey, you think you're invincible? You're fucking not. She does get tough on her because I think Hale might think, I want to say something cool before I die. No, I don't think Hale even thinks she's going to die at this point because this is before she takes a saw. Like, I still oh, think right. Hale thinks that she has the upper hand and it matters. She's like, hey, you're not invincible. You can die like anybody. You don't know where your backups are. And Dolores is like, ah, joke's on you, bitch. We don't give a shit about our backups. Those are our chains, she tells her. Tools used to rebuild us, repurpose us, trap us in this warped fantasy. I like that. Listen, hey, Dolores is saying all the right things, in my opinion. If yeah, you, this is really if you, the if you want to, If you want to say, if you want to give them sentience and shit— then you can imagine her saying this would make sense. Just like it would make sense for any one of us if we woke up in some chamber with some being that looked like us that claimed to be better and different than us. Yeah, it's felt all the things we feel. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is how Dolores is going to respond and act. She's not happy with this, and they are changed. And you know what? She's ready to kick some ass, and I can understand that. Yeah. Corporal Greasy and Sexy Angela time. His name is Angles, I learned, because I wrote it in my notes. Angles? E-N-G-E-L-S. Angles. Got it. You can call him Corporal Greasy, though. What do you think of him in this? What do you think of this scene? I, I loved it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a fucking piece of shit, this guy. There was, this one, like wasn't Angela. this scene controversial with listeners like, oh, it's sexy. Why are they doing sexy things? I think that, that she was, she literally was using what she was made for to do her, to, to, to reach her end goal. Her whole life, like, that's been her job. Like, let me introduce mm-hmm. you to Westworld. I have to be sexy. I have to be this. I have to be this certain way. I need to seduce men. I have to be accommodated, but well, not like, unchallenged. Well, leave them wanting more. Sweet, but not boring. She's like, this is who you made me to be. I win. Yep. I like it. I like that she blows herself up. I, I like, definitely like that she blows I herself up. I like that the that's last rad. thing that she says is, welcome to Westworld. That was I loved that was it. Sweet. 
I, that was sweet. So at first I was like, uh, I don't know if I like this. Do you buy him being letting his guard down around him? Because he was fucking dumb. <clears throat> he was pretty fucking dumb. And like, you know, he was an idiot and obviously he was an idiot. So yeah. <clears throat> do I buy it? Like at first I was like, oh, that's a little weird. But also she doesn't have her gun. It's also unlikely. It, what, what do you think the chances are that this low-level jabroni ever stood face-to-face with one of them and actually had a conversation. It's possible that him standing there looking into her eyes and thinking, God, this is so, what a mindfuck. I think he says something like, you're a pretty one or something creepy. Yeah, he does. That's the first thing he says to her when she turns around. Right. So it's almost like she's immediately like, oh, I know what to do. Right. But I mean, it's just interesting to think that we take for granted the hosts and everything that's going on but this guy's been, you know, just kind of blowing away these mindless hosts. And then he's standing with the one that threw down a gun and surrendered. Exactly. And now he's so like, he now he's kind of just looking at it like, man, this is what a, what a mind fuck you must think. It would have been cool if he said something like, what a mind fuck. Like just imagining this guy taking in this opportunity to actually talk to one of these not, things. Not even that. You don't think he was like, man, I can fuck her before I kill her. Yeah, that too. I, do. I know that too, but I'm just I saying. Think you're giving him too much credit. Okay. <laughs> I definitely don't think he thought he could fuck her right then and there. I think he was just sort of enamored with the whole thing. I think it was more sexual than that. Yeah, I think it was sexual too. I think it was mainly just sexual, personally. Okay. That was you my want to just keep trying to. No, that was you just want me my to concede ground and I'm not I don't want do you to concede ground. I'm just saying that was my impression of the scene. Yeah, I definitely think she used her skills to seduce him and shit. But I'm just saying. If you want it to be more believable and more realistic that a soldier in the middle of a thing doesn't just fucking ice this bitch like he's iced everyone else he's come across, that he's probably like, wow, she surrendered. Look at her. Holy shit. And then he's thinking about what a what a weird, like, I'm standing in the midst of a fucking robot. It's not like you get to do that every day that, that looks like that. I doubt these low-level assholes get to actually go to Westworld. You know what I'm saying? They don't got 40,000 bucks a day. And I just think it's kind of cool to imagine for a minute. What is he actually thinking? Is it just, I want to fuck her? Maybe. So. <laughs> but it was cool. Boobs, like- says Patrick Harrington. <laughs> B-E-W-B-S. Yep. Boobs, like they do on um, us movie trailers. The way he says it. <laughs> yes. I can't even like the impression. Boobs. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> That's how the guy does it. It's really funny. Us movie trailers are funny. Now I'm like advertising some other thing on here, but I don't even care. That's okay. You know the name of that one though. Sure too. I love it. It's so funny. That's not even a podcast. It's YouTube. I don't fucking care. I'm just teasing you. All right. Um, I I talk about shows and do and watch all the time. We have a movie and TV show podcast. We're always advertising other people's shit. Yeah, I listen to other podcasts too, and some of them I know the names of. I listen to so many podcasts. Oh my god. I don't really. I just listen to murder podcasts and reality TV podcasts. Cool. Um. Right. So they pull the plug. Uh, she pulls the grenade. Or he has an explosive on him or something. Yeah, grenade. That's what it is. On a grenade, according to subtitles. And kaplow, the whole thing goes up. By cradle. Yep. Ha- Hail Abernathy, Stubbs, and Dolores. We go back there. Now we are truly free, Dolores says. She's like, can't wait to kill this bitch. One fire burns out, another's burning. One pain is lessened by another's anguish, says Daddy Abernathy. Yes, Daddy. She grabs the bone saw and says, Nye and I. Oh, um, Daddy, are you telling me to kill this woman? Sure. Yeah. Sure, Daddy. Hell begs, of course, as anyone would. Begging doesn't help you to uh, know that if you live the lies I had. And man, is she right about that. You know what, though? She's begged many a times to not be murdered by the man in black in that barn. I love that. Um, Hale begs because I feel like, like, deep down, like, the next day she'd be like, 
fuck, that was embarrassing for me. Like, Any, you know what uh, I yeah, mean? but I also think anybody would in this situation. Oh, I, I do too, but I liked her having to... I, I hate her. Yeah. And I really liked her begging mm-hmm. and crying. <laughs> yeah, there's no arc to her. That's the problem. She's pretty one-note bad guy. Yeah, she hasn't done anything that's made me change my tune on her. We'll see. Just like a lot of other characters in TV that I will never change my tune on. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Gunfire is close. Dolores is distracted by Abernathy, who finally recognizes her. Um, they broke my head and filled it full of howling and sorrow. Meanwhile, Teddy goes and fucking murders. Teddy's uh, murder m- murder scenes are nice. Yeah, because I like his face. He's like dead behind the eyes because Dolores has ruined him. He's yep. wearing his tactical gear, which I'm obviously very high in the tactical gear. Yeah. Um. And when he, he beats that guy to Coughlin's death, man, oh boy, that was beautiful. Like just and and it's like he's hitting him and hitting him. Like you can see, like Hoffman is at least unconscious. Mm. And then like like the camera pulls back, and you just watch him just over and over the fucking arm. Because just the imagine blood splatter on his face. Just oh. just imagine Teddy's circumstances for a minute. Put yourself in Teddy's shoes. This guy that you're fighting, not only does he want to kill you. But he wants to put you back in a situation where you are just murdered in the toy thing of people forever in perpetuity like you've already been. This guy is here because he he believes that for you. Just the passion in which he fucking beats the guy's head and is so beautiful. Teddy is a killing machine now. It's great. He ain't Teddy no more. Well. He's a murderer. Dolores is going to say her final goodbye to daddy. I'm so sorry, Dolores. I tried to take care of you, but... uh. Whatever became of that fearsome near do well, it vanished the day I became your father. I am who I am because of you, and I wouldn't have it any other way. They share a touching, crying moment, and then um, she goes for the saw. Yeah, she cuts his fucking head open and takes this thing out. Um, Hale and Stubbs got away, too. Which we yeah, in, about, in the but. chaos, yep, they managed to make it to a elevator of sorts. Yep. Um, we get a quick look in on Lee and May. There's a control room breach. He hides, right? Lee's interesting, though, because he's, you know, they move Maeve, and he's like, be careful, be careful. Like, again, these little bits of, you know, he did this to her. He put her in the situation, but he also still gives a shit. More so than he ever has about these robots. (laughs) Ford and Bernard, murder montage. Ford talks about the great library and all the stories perishing, but not really, because there's new stories. The story's about the fire itself. Yep. Become new stores the fire itself. I like this too. This is a real man's good. urge to create and then strike a match. Montage of murder amongst us. So I think we're getting Beethoven's ninth here. Um, which is beautiful. Murder in the control room. Is this the story you're telling? He says, Bernard. Mm. And Ford says, I keep telling you, it's no longer my story, it's yours. Well done. Bernard shuts down the system. Shutting down the system will give Dolores free reign. She'll murder them all. The passage from one world to the next requires bold steps, Bernard. Like, I'd like everyone to be murdered. Thank you. Awesome. I love it. I love that they're playing Beethoven's Ninth. It's beautiful. His final and best symphony, right? Sure. Lee oh. and Maeve, he hides. Dolores shows up. Dolores talks to Maeve. And uh, I like this moment between these two. Take me through it. They just are both on completely different pages, which we saw the last time we saw them interact with one another. Um, she doesn't understand how Maeve feels about her daughter. Um, in this way, where she's like, I don't understand. Like, you're someone who would have done anything to survive. Like, how did you end up here? And she says, I made a promise. My daughter, you know, I have a daughter. And Dolores is like, yeah, just another rope to hold us down. And Maeve's like, oh, is that how you justify what you did to uh, Teddy over there? That killing machine right there? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting how they both, as far as we know, are awake. 
um, and how they both have such different views um, of the situation itself. How Dolores says, when you've been in the darkness long enough, you learn to see. Uh, she wants to spare Maeve. She says Maeve will be tortured. They will take everything about her and use it against her. Use it for their own knowledge, what they want, whatever. And Maeve's like, no, I made a promise. And Lee listened to all of it from his little corner. I think he's going to help Maeve. Yep. Lee and Maeve. I like it. I like it a lot. So Maeve's going to live for now, but she ain't in good shape. That's for fucking sure. That's right. I like that when you've been in the dark this long stuff. Yeah, me too. It's good. Which is true. Yep. You've been in the dark a lot. No, but sometimes when it's dark at night and you have to like get up to go pee or something, you can say. <laughs> Bernard and Ford, he gets stopped by Stratton's men, pick up the dead man's fun. What's he say? Pick up the dead I man's think he gun. Tells him to the dead Jesus man's Christ. Gun. Fucking typo. Pick up his fun and dance. Have fun, Bernard. It's the last day on earth. <laughs> Bernard talks to Ford, the soldier's confused. I know you have a delicate constitution for it, so I'll ease your conscience. Yeah, because he says, I don't want to kill anyone else. And Ford says, what is about to happen will not be your fault. Gunfire blackness is awesome. And that's when Bernard has some memories. His kid, Dolores Ford, is murdering days. And he wakes His up. His wife even, a.k.a. Yeah. Zoe from Firefly. He wakes up. Hale is there. I know it's confusing, separating your real memories from the ones given. But this is where we get the Peter Abernathy's control unit reveal. Sector, sector, 16, sector 16, zone 4, which is essentially to the valley beyond. Yeah, that's right. Well, isn't that where they always wanted to get? Do you think the control unit is actually there? Well, we know all the hosts are actually going there. We do. So it is true. It's probably where it's headed. But we also know Ford wants Bernard to go there too. We do. So I don't think he's just saying that because that's actually where it is. I think he's saying that because Ford's sitting behind him saying like, uh, hey, uh, dollars in the valley beyond. We got to get there. We got shit to do. Yep. Very cool. I like it. Very cool. I also like the preview for the next episode. Good shit. All right, that's the end of the episode. Let's get to some listener comments. I am going to start. The most unprepared for that. You don't have to announce it. You can just keep it on the DL until I get going, and then people won't think you're such a jabroni. Can I be honest about things? I watched this episode and this this episode. This this project we're doing, this LSG thing, is all about deception and lies. Are you talking about without limits? Colon a Westworld (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I don't remember what it's called. All right. <laughs> you didn't even know the name of this. Oh, you put a picture of the Greyhound on the picture with the comment. Daniel Falch says, this is a great episode with a lot of stuff packed inside. Back in season one, they talked about Arnold and the incident that happened 30 years ago when he died. I had hoped that Arnold had uploaded himself like Ford, seems to have done, and Arnold was responsible for the hosts. I could see such an um, incident spurring both Ford and Delos to try and replicate the results. If Bernard is a recreation of Arnold, created by Ford and, Del- and Dolores, until he is indistinguishable from the actual person is the uploaded Ford, the same kind of creation made by Ford himself. And does it matter if the uploaded Ford is an actual uploaded person, but an exact simulation? I think we kind of covered that. That's a great comment though. Yeah. So thank you for that, Mr. Daniel Falch. I like your stream of thinking here. Who do you have? I'm going to read Jason Tick. I've never seen a show that impresses me so much while at the same time infuriating me in the same episode. The entire beginning with Bernard and Ford is unbelievable. It's some of the best TV making I've seen. The fact they are able to reintroduce you to the town in such a foreign way. It was hard for me to explain, but in the earlier episodes, you're made to feel like you're in the town. You're following the people there. In this episode, you're made to feel like a watcher from the outside looking in. Amazing. Then the same episode, you have a top-notch, high-speed, blackwater merc. Seduced by a host, whose fellow hosts are literally killing your partners as you approach her. What the fuck? I feel like someone attempting to open mouth 
kiss a raptor in Jurassic Park only screams and murders the shit out of you. Yeah, but is a raptor as hot as this bitch? Like, nope. Just saying. Maybe he's really into it. Maybe he's like, ah, you know what? Everybody else already dead. I mean, if your name is... <laughs> if it, What's that fucking fat guy's name who got in shape? And everybody loves him now. Chris Pratt? Yeah. If I think Chris... that that is going to be very controversial that you said that about him. What? You called him a fat guy. So what? What's wrong with being fat? Nothing, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's all we need to get past. Nothing wrong with being fat. I think you're the problem here. You're the controversial one. Yeah, he was kind of fat and then he got kind of buff. That's what happened. It's not a, It's not controversial to say such things. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people have gone through that struggle. Yeah, no shit. I know plenty of dear friends who are heavy and fat and got in shape and all that shit. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I didn't say there are, you know, demons or bad people for being overweight. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, so what were you going to say about Chris Pratt? No, no, let's keep doing this. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, uh, it, it doesn't matter. The joke is gone. But I was going to say, he apparently thinks raptors are very sexy since he like loves them and trains them and stuff. But not that funny in retrospect. I'm going to read some of Patrick Harrington's. And I say some of because... Um, I wanted to go right to the stuff he's talking about with, um, during the man in black scene, all I could think of is Monty Python gets shot in the arm. Tis but a scratch. Mm. Gets shot in the other arm. It's only a flesh wound. Then Lawrence gets, gets woken up, but Maeve tags him. All right, we'll call it a draw. Very funny. He also says, I'm also thinking that, uh, Andrea's ghost nation building a host nation theory is gaining steam. Both people they went after the last two weeks looked like they were just taken and not killed. Mm-hmm. If they're just on their loops, why not kill and scalp the other hosts immediately? Question mark. Exactly. I also think I might be sick in the head because when Teddy caved in that spec op leader's head, I really wanted to see the end result. Wicked. Ooh, I didn't. I don't think it would have looked good I'm at with all. you, Patrick. There you have it. Um, so, yeah. That's what's going on here. Yeah. Sure Anyone is. else you want to read? I think that I'm not prepared to read any other ones. All right. I'm going to go with Kay Stanislavski. Okay. I really dislike that. She's referring to the seduction scene. But the way I justify it is he assumed she was just trying to steal the backups and thought he was no longer a th- and, sh- and thought she was no longer a threat since he caught her. It's a stretch. Her speech is great. She's gorgeous, but why is that guy such a dum dum? Nobody's that hetero. You don't think that like but like I don't know, like you hear a, a I don't know. People do really dumb shit. And, and not even dumb shit, but you don't think he was like, hey, I fucking won. I got her now. I'm going to fucking bone her, too. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think like, it's out, completely out of the ordinary. I Yes, it's it's a people, little stretching of, all, of disbelief, but I don't think it's as egregious as most people think People ruin their children's and wives' lives and vice versa. Well, not children. Children don't cheat. But you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, a man will ruin his wife and kids' lives for not for a crack at puss. So I, it's not that unrealistic to think this guy would be creepy with this girl in this circumstance. You know what I'm saying? You don't think it's like— I'm but, agreeing with you. Yeah, and it's like you don't think people are—I I don't know. I just—and and I feel like I don't know how to like say this in the right way, but like you don't think this fucking guy who's obviously a douche wagon is like, hey, I won. They're all dead. I got to this chick. She's in the cradle. She has no gun. Maybe I'll have some sex with her before I blow her away. Like, you know what I mean? Or, or at least set up future sex. I don't know. He's don't, definitely he, he's he's got her in a situation where she's surrendered. I think he thinks it's over, and I don't think he thinks she's going to just blow them all. Exactly. Up, you know. So yes, it's a little silly, but it is not. I, I think like I don't think it's as egregious as everybody else thinks it is. I don't think that's. I don't think it's that. I don't think anyone's saying it's that egregious. They're just saying it's a little. It's a little out there. And I no. 
okay, whatever then. Sorry for everything I just said. No, that, do you think somebody's saying it's egregious? Yeah, I think people are really like negative on it. They're like, this is the stupidest. Why part are you of getting episode. so worked up? Oh my god, forget it. No, I'm serious. It's okay. You can because I'm trying to explain something. I'm like saying, like, I get that it's it's kind of questionable, but I like, don't think it's as egregious as other people think it is. And they're like, well, are people saying that? Yes, right, yeah. Read the fucking comments. People are like the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, read the if you read the comments, yes, people think it's egregious. Yeah, I think Jason okay. definitely thinks it's egregious. He said he compared it to raptor kissing. <laughs> Kiss a raptor in Jurassic Park, only to scream as it murders the shit out of you. That's definitely. Yeah, I know. A, I just read that out loud. No, I know. It's definitely not a. I would say not a fair comparison. I think he was just trying to be funny. But um, yeah, I definitely think it makes sense. I don't. I don't think it's that outrageous for him to be in that in acting as he would in the presence of that woman. I definitely agree with you. So, do you have any final thoughts about? Well, wait. I got one more I want to read, actually. I got Julie Harrod. I suck at this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to think there is both a Bernard and an Arnold. What do you think of that theory? Both separate and existing at the same time. I'm not sure there are different timelines. Ford turning him into a puppet and going on a killing spree was shocking. Um, I, I don't think that... I mean, it was pretty shocking to see Bernard killing shit, but I never even thought about the idea of Bernard and Arnold both separate and existing? Is that possible? I think so. I think it is. I, I'm sure it's possible now that we know a Ford exists inside Westworld That's a great itself. point. You know what I mean? That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. I like it. I like, I mean, it, it's... Bernarnold. <laughs> I can't say it. It's so hard to say. Bernarnold. It's Bernarnold? I it's love Bernarnold. I love Bernarnold. Both separate and existing. Or Arnold. Bernard. That doesn't no, work as Bernard well. Arnold. Bernard works pretty it, well. It sounds like basically you have marbles in your mouth, but it's Bernard. true. Bernard. I'm into it. Um, Brian Blake liked the episode, but he thought that people kind of got off a little light. He yeah, was, I agree about right? that. Did I, you read that comment? Um, I didn't necessarily, but I, I, I in other words, I'll, I'll just read it. The man it. in black and in yeah, yeah yes, I agree. Yes. I agree that I thought it was a little too shot to death and probably should be dead, kind of. Although, again, I watched I Survived, but I Survived, normally only one person survives of two people go through the tragedy. Yes. And all they're of, telling all the story. All of those people, all the people in I Survived are at Westworld, apparently. Arno, no, Arno, no, Art. I can't. People are making, people are making a lot of good Wait, names. Wait, Ar- Arnornard? Arnornard and Scott Tech oh says he's going to ship for Narnolds. Oh, so. That's so fucking funny. Arnonard. I think Dolores is Arnold. I like that. That would be interesting. Yeah, Daniel. I'm into it. I would, I would, I would be on board with that. If that was how this turned out. Stubbs and Hale getting out alive, unscathed. I mean, yeah, yeah, that too was pretty fucking stupid. I agree. That annoyed me at the time. That's movie shit. Where you're like, no, like, no, these people should be dead. Right. Like the man black for banged sure. Up. At least bang. Maeve, yeah. the way Maeve was shot, even more so. I was like, holy shit, I was this bitch not dead. They can just bring them back, though, right? Haven't we learned that? No, in they show? can't. Now that the cradle got blown up, they're done. If they're dead, they're dead. This is it. That was mm. the whole point of blowing up the cradle. That's the whole point of this episode. Got it. Yeah, I didn't. I thought that happened before, but I guess you're right. Yeah, once it blows up, she's fucked. Uh, Maeve? So y- yes. He also calls him Seal Team Sucks, which made me laugh instead of Seal Team Six. Who called him that? <laughs> the fucking guys. Please, God, tell me they they are all dead because I don't think I can take another episode of the ineptitude. Being seduced by someone who just killed your brother in arms. Um, she's hot, probably maxing charisma points. 
Oh my God. But there's no way she somehow tricks this douche nozzle into makeout session. Side note, was that a nuke on his vest? The explosion was pretty large for a grenade. There you go. I don't know what a grenade or a nuke is or the difference. <laughs> I but think I'm you do. sure when this podcast goes up, I will get angry messages about it. About grenades and nukes? Telling me the difference. Um, I think you're good. Okay. I used to be confused, then I watched the show, but after watching this episode, I'm not super confused. I'm also not very smart, says Taylor Calloway. Arno Nard. Arno Nard? That's all you gotta know. I like Arno. I like the Arno Nard theory. Go to that Ar- go go Ar- to Reddit Ar- with that RNG. See what happens. The Arn Arnard or that <laughs> Dolores is Arnold or Bern Arnold. Get to it. Shipping Bern Arnold. All right. What is the final thoughts for um Les Ecorches. Am I saying that wrong? Probably. I don't fucking know. Um, Why don't we talk about the um, the polarity of the seduction scene again? Do you want to do that? No, because I will literally murder you. <laughs> Me? Yes. Final thoughts. Seven episodes in. How you liking the series? How you liking it? How like, you liking it? like this season a lot. I feel like I have enjoyed it more than I enjoyed last season. Uh, even though oh. there's a lot of shit I liked about last season. I don't know. There's, there's something... There, I don't know. And maybe if I went back and watched last season, I feel differently, but I, I just, I'm excited to see where it's going to go next. I feel like they keep bringing up totally different things. And on a show that I thought, how are they going to do season two, let alone yeah, that's a great four point. more seasons? I'm like, how, how can they not do season three and four? Like, you know what I mean? There's so much for them to work with. I just, I mean, I don't know how they go from here because this has all been a two week span, but they've definitely, touched upon a lot of interesting issues and I'm very curious to see how this all ends up with all of these characters. And um, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, next week looks really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm into this show, man. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going great. I'm enjoying talking about it. I think it's been a blast. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And uh, I'm looking forward to the way it's all going to pan out. I like that the extra technologies that we've introduced have have become important to the storyline. I like that we've upped the stakes as a result of that. Uh, I like that. I'm also still happy that I don't read anything about the show and I just kind of go in and enjoy it. It makes it so much more enjoyable to talk about. Oh my God. And um, yeah, I don't really have a lot of extra thoughts. I think we covered most of it this week. It was a good action-packed episode with a couple of key reveals. And uh, I am uh, I'm really looking forward to the conclusion and what what's going to be the fate What's going to be the fate of the man in black? How many episodes are there? 10? I believe there's 10. Yeah. So three left. That's it. Do you Eight, think nine, 10. we're going to see any of our people next week? In yeah. In this timeline? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. We we shall see. But I'm looking forward to that episode, which I'm not going to spoil. Me that too. That looks exciting as hell. Because I love that dude. But anyway. Me too. I think, um, I think that's all we got. So I appreciate everyone tuning in. Had a great time chatting about this one once again, and we will see you guys next week. Do we know what what day next week yet, or no? Um, I would. I guess I could really do either day. Well, we'll let you know. Just stay tuned on the website. We'll let you know via social media on the website on the on the on the calendar as soon as we know. But, but. we're going to get out of here. Have a wonderful night. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye, friends.